Braptonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is my walking jack-o'-lantern, Mr. Shaheen Avandi! On my tooth. Tooth hurdy. Tooth. Recording at tooth That was actually the... Okay. For those of you who are not in the know, I had a little oral surgery last Thursday. That's not a euphemism. It's yeah. not. It's actually literally a, a man in there doing work. Was, there's was two sets Pounding of hands away. in my mouth. Just going to work. Getting in there with the business. Just, just hard things in my mouth, pulling teeth out. Um, and the, the, I almost called the reservation. My reservation so, was at 2.30 on Thursday afternoon. And the girl said that to me. I was like, nah. She's like, what? I'm like, really? Really? 2.30? Tooth hurty? She's like, I don't get it. I'm like, ah, damn it. Design on mold. She must be new. <laughs> she just, she was not in the mood. I can tell you as, as the son of a dentist and a dental hygienist, <laughs> they make that joke all the fucking time. I bet they do. They should have. They, they, that's like circled on the calendar, the daily journal, like 2.30. <laughs> yeah, like I expected a high five. Like, hey, you got the magic hour. Yo, bro, you mm-hmm. did it. 2.30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever well i'm glad you have uh almost all your teeth in your mouth i'm i'm down three now oh yeah Cody i'm sorry Cody, i'm on your way okay you're getting all up in it do you want me to trade yeah. her oh, look at that look at that oh, she's like i know you hurt i come call. i come to give you comforts do you have any food do you have treats with you if not i will cut you that is a claw in my leg oh Oh, you should see my my leg after the show. There's all these like little pinpricks of blood from her doing exactly that. I mean, it's adorable. Her head's on my lap now. And yeah. What are you going to do? Like, you're nothing. Just, you're just like, I, I will endure the punishment because it's adorable. It's very cute. And also, like, this is the most adorably terrifying animal in my world. Her, yeah. She's what, a, she weigh like 12 pounds? No. More? I haven't weighed her in a while, but like 15 at least. Dang, girl, you, you thick. She's got like some Maine Coon or Norwegian forest nonsense. Like get a picture of this. She she's a she's got some genetically big bones. Anyways, motorcycle podcast. <clears throat> oh wait, man, this is a Coda podcast where we talk about <laughs> motorcycles once in a while. And tooth uh, problems. Tooth two thirties. Hurty. Oh boy. Um, what have you been doing on two wheels, sir? Nothing. I can't wear a fucking helmet for the last week of my life. Oh wow. I know. Oral surgery, bro. It sucks. I've been selling a lot of motorcycles. Getting hey. some cool news from Ducati. We'll talk about that. Hell yeah. Well, obviously. Yep. Just get your beverages lined up now. Sure. Yeah. This is going to be, uh, I mean, like, come on. I, <laughs> I feel like some of our listeners are like, what? Ducati? Tell me more. Giddy up. Listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's only some listeners that are like, Ducati? Really? Really? Um, I'll give you, I promise we'll, we'll do a Honda heavy show one yeah, day. We got at least Four manufacturers in this episode. Oh, shit. We're spreading the love. All right. Don't worry about it. Okay. I do want to talk to you. Well, so when's this show coming out? This show's going to come out. Right after this show comes out, I fly to Italy. Nice. To go ride the Aprilia Tourag 660. Nice. When I get back, we're going to have to immediately record another episode. Uh-huh. Because I have like three or four four days before I get back on a plane again and go to Spain. Oh shit. To go do the Ducati mystery press launch, which they <laughs> won't. I'll have to give us like an email. Like 
you're going to go here. You're going to ride this. You're going to do that. Do not speculate on what you will be riding. We haven't announced it yet. And I'm just like, what? What does that mean? That's kind of what I do. Is that like a pre-NDA NDA? Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> eh, like, where's the red line on that? Like, how much, how much can I get away with? Can you say like, it's got two wheels, probably. It's got two wheels, and I think it comes in red. It, uh, my my suspicion, I'm not talking. I like that you held your fingers to your head. Like, mm -hmm. I'm trying, I was like trying to decide how much trouble I'm about to get myself into. <laughs> it is either, I feel like we're either riding the Pikes Peak Multistrada V4. Okay. Which was just announced today. Yeah, but that's already announced, so it's not like there's any. Well, but I got this invitation like, I don't know, 10 days ago. Oh, I see. Or... It is the bike that will be announced at the next unveiling. What's that? What's that title? Uh, it's like a new fighter is born oh, or something like that. Okay. So like pretty obviously some sort of street fighter, right? Either street fighter V2 V4 SP. One of those two. I want both. I want both too. I think it's a V fighter street fighter V2 feels right. So it's one of those two bikes. I feel. Yeah. Which both of which I'm pretty stoked to ride. And, like the idea of pretty a V2 stoked. Street Fighter sounds so tasty to me as a rider and also as a retailer. I mean, that gives us a nice little filler that has been empty for a year now. No big monster yet. I mean, we haven't heard anything. I still don't think there's going to be one. No, because I feel like we kind of know what the bikes are going forward now. What's the the fifth launch is the one that i think i'm fuzzy on because the last one's the desert x yep we know that december that's december there's one in like middle of november where's my oh i didn't hit return <laughs> uh da, 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 da. if i scroll down and i take the look the bike it's called the thing the, do, the, do. the evolution of speed oh yeah brother that's not a monster though no Speed's capitalized too. Speed's capitalized. I mean, we're talking probably Superbike. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be some sort of Superbike update for World Superbike. It's interesting though. Like in my head, I keep thinking of the five-year turnaround on Ducati models. And if we're talking Superbike, is it time? I don't think um, it was. Because 2018 is when the V4 came out, the Panigale V4. I think we're early. 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're a early. year away. Oh, interesting. I would think V4. I mean, this is, this is fun speculation. Uh, I would think V4R. That was That's what I put in my my story for ANR Pro. I'm like, seems a little early for a whole new Superbike platform, yeah. but I could see them making updates to the V4R for the Superbike program, and then that gives like some sort of like thing for next year's bike. Like, oh, and Kai, now it's got the active dynamic <laughs> display mode or give me some hybrid shit man i don't know they'll, they'll they'll make some feature that we'll now have to have to so you're gonna go to spain to ride an undisclosed motorcycle yeah and you're thinking it's probably the pike what if it's the desert x no no because no, we're def it's definitely not the desert x damn it well how do you know though because of where we're riding oh it's not off-roady it, it's oh, now i'm definitely getting in trouble Ooh, you're speculating now i'm definitely getting in trouble you're in so much trouble whatever Fucking, I mean, you speculate. I speculate. I wasn't supposed to speculate. How are you supposed to? Like, how do you tell us? Hey, I want you to give me a favor. Don't think of a pink elephant. Right. That that whole thing. <laughs> that whole thing. Um. Oh yeah. Let's just segue right into it. Multistrada V4 Pikes Peak. Was it everything <laughs> you dreamed of and more? 
let's start, let's start with the name. They went Pike Speak with it. I, they did. And I saw a lot of readers are like, why the fuck are they still using this name? Why isn't there a number five on there? Well, because it's not a fucking Street Fighter. And also, I think I think the Europeans have a different ideology behind naming than we do. I think the Pike's Peak name means something different to the Europeans than it does to us. Right. Yeah. I think it's such a grand idea. It's, it's the idea of Pike's Peak. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep making Pike's Peak Multistratas if this is the case. Just, just forever. I will say this much. I think it is stupid handsome. Really? Yeah. I, I, but then again, I just have a thing for that bike. Like, I've all, And I think you and I agree on this. You and I both have a very soft spot for the Pike's Peak. I do. I'm a Pike's Peak guy. Yeah. I love, I've usually loved that. This is why I disagree with you. Because uh, I usually love the Pike's Peak This livery. is not making you fall in love? I went from 6 to like 7.30. Oh, really? Hmm. There's Usually I go Almost. from 6 to 12 on these bad Maybe ones. when you ride it. If you well, I mean, I mean I'll swing a leg over it one yeah, way or another. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's a lot of this bike that I like. Like, don't get me wrong. I love me a Multistrada V4. Yeah. Still figuring out why I don't have one in my garage. And then <sighs> I look at this and I go, whoa. Right? Oh, that's what I really want. Yeah. Because you know what I really want? I want this. And then if the Desert X is like, let's say under 470, mm -hmm. those are the two bikes I want in my garage. I've been kind of complaining that like there isn't really a lot in the Ducati lineup well, that I would actually put I'm in my garage. You. And this year they could be like, those are literally two bikes I could see. I buying. know. I want both. Although I still want a Street Fighter. So I'd probably go Street Fighter and Desert X. The Desert X may be the first time that I go without a Multistrada in my life in like the last 10 years. Mm. There's always been, in the You'd last 10 years, I've had a Multistrada in the garage. You get rid of your V4. I would for the Desert X and a Street Fighter, but okay. the Pike Speed came out and I was like, Ugh. but the thing of it is the price of it, right? We're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. I know. <sighs> <And> so <sighs> Heavy breathing. I expected the price to be more than this. I'm a little bit surprised. I feel like you're pretty close though. You were like, this is gonna make a $30,000 bike. 100%. Pretty close. 29, 29 grand, basically. 28, 995. And that. By and the time funny. you buy the bags. Yep. You got to buy everything. Pay all your shit. You heated seats, heated grips, center stand, by bags. By the time you get all your shit, that's so basically $31,000 bike. They've, they've done, they did this with the last uh, generation of the Pike Speak as well. It just came to you as the motorcycle. If you wanted the bags, you buy the touring kit. If you want the top case, you buy the, buy the I think it's called the urban kit. And so you can add all that stuff on there, which isn't hard to do, but dude. By the time you buy the urban, the touring and urban kit, let's say you want the full shebang and that bike, you're you're past thirty grand, easy. So I was legitimately thinking about this in the car ride today as I went to get a, a bodega sandwich. Oh, that's one does. Did you get some different. BLT. Nice. Oh, they toast it. Mm. I met Mama. Oh. Oh yeah, dude. I'm in. I'm family now. I gotta like learn some Armenian, but I'm family. Wait, did you say Armenian? Yeah, they're She's Armenian. Armenian. Yeah, my people. They're your people. Oh, shit, I'm showing up. Yeah, you got to get down there. I need to get a black BMW if I'm doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean a motorcycle. Not either. a nice one, like an older 3 Series. Yeah, like a 7 Series. Are you kidding me? 7 Series. <laughs> 7 Series. But like a 740 IL. No, no, 735 IL. We're going <laughs> way back. <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and I was like, like I, I go down to Uncle Shaheen's house of house of fun, <laughs> and I let's say, let's say you give me like cost. Uh-huh. I'm probably still paying more than I want to pay. Uh-huh. I'm just sitting there going like, but that's always been grand. the Pikes Peak dilemma. That's the Pikes Peak dilemma. So, so back that out a little bit. <laughs> I will give Ducati credit because I feel like we talked about this on a show and maybe someone heard us because in the past, the Pikes Peak model meant mechanical Olin suspension, right. some paint, maybe an exhaust, a Farkle, windscreen. Yeah. You weren't getting, I would say, a ton for your money. No. 
at least this time around, they're like, okay, we're going to put the Olin's the tasty uh, second generation. Well, technically it's the third generation right. uh, electronic suspension on it. That's pretty good. You got an Akrokovich slip on pipe. You're right. getting forged wheels. Tons of carbon. 330 brakes. A lot of carbon. It's tasty. Great race mode. So right. it's got an actual, like there's actually something different in the ECU. And they moved the ergonomics around for it to be what I hope is sportier. I can't tell if, because they moved the rear sets and they moved the bars. Right. And the rear sets, I'm worried, is like, is that so it's a sportier position so you can drag knee and like ride it on the track? Right. Or is that just an accommodation for the 17 inch wheels? Well, I mean, that was the only problem with like my previous Pike Speak when I did track days on there. You really got to, you got to put yeah. your body way over the bike so you're not dragging. That's been my parts. number one criticism of the Pike's Peak model right. is the idea of like, okay, this is supposed to be like the race version of the multi. And it's really not. Like it needs a racier version. It's racy in name, but like, yeah, like you say, you go to the racetrack and you're like really struggling just right. to like get it over 45 degrees or whatever because you're dragging parts. Yeah. And it kind of seems like maybe that's not the case here. We'll wait and see. But there's at least enough of that where I'm like, okay, 29 grand. I still think it's priced way more mm -hmm. than it should be. But at least there's a little bit more meat on the bones than there has been in the past. There is. There's definitely a lot more meat on that bone. I think I'm trying to think of what that touring kit costs. I think it's like eighteen hundred bucks. <clears throat> Fuck you. <laughs> that is at the price. Um I don't know. Still have a soft spot for it. I, I think it is oh, for a, sure. I think it's a very handsome bike. It is definitely I mean, we we've talked about this in the past. It doesn't matter the brand. These adventure touring motorcycles have a very unique style to them. It's almost like this bird of prey styling. And as a Shaheen, I appreciate that being yeah. a bird of prey myself. Um, so I don't know. I, the, the only thing that I was kind of, and I knew they wouldn't do it. I was, you know, you and I were dreaming, but I wish they had used the yeah. same motor as a street fighter. Yeah. In there. That bike, then you could have slapped a $30,000 price tag on there and I would have been at full tilt. That would have, I think that's the difference. If you'd done that, I'd be like, now you've justified that price tag yeah. a little bit more. That would have been a silly, amazing, stupid motorcycle that I would have, it's funny. As it is, we've taken a bunch of deposits today. Oh, and I feel like I'm, if they had done that, it would have just been like, all right, people, form a line to the left. No pushing. No, you would have seen me down there. <laughs> yeah, it would have been stupid. I mean, I'm still, and it's funny. I've had two friends who've called me. They're like, are you going to do it? I'm like, uh, you know, because I love my current V4 so much and I think it does everything I want it to do, no. But I may be singing a different song once I get a Desert X and it's like, well, now I want a sportier bike. And the answer is, do I go and finally do the Street Fighter thing that I've been talking about since fucking 2008? Or... <laughs> do I once again get another multi-strata pike speak and not break my multi-strata streak? Because it's just crazy how capable the current V4 is, the multi-strata platform. Yes. And so the idea of it being sportier with lighter, smaller wheels on it, it's making me salivate. Just like, oh man, I can ride comfortably on this thing, do track days if I want, go on like my long distance rides and just carve canyons like a crazy person. And then you know, be able to just ride it every day without being in any kind of pain. This feels like Ducati's answer to the sport touring trend that we've been seeing right. lately. You know, like the next bike I wanted to talk to you about was the Honda NT1100. Another exciting bike. <clears throat> Which is literally half the price. <laughs> literally half. <laughs> also half the power probably. Not half. Not half, but close. Yeah. But they weigh the same. But um, it's more usable. I think it's usable power. That thing's all about that torque. I love that motor. Yeah. So we've been looking at like the Suzuki came out with one. Honda just came out mm -hmm. with one. Like this is, 
interesting enough, KTM is kind of getting out of the Super Duke GT, <laughs> uh, at least in the U.S. market. And they've been kind of like the one holding that that like super sporty sport tour down. Um, but this feels like like Ducati's answer to that. And we, I think we talked about this when I went and did the Multistrada V4 launch here in the U.S. Right. You know, we were talking about the 19-inch front wheel and what Ducati was doing with that. I think we talked about like not knowing what the whole plan is. You're like, does the Multistrada V4 make more sense now that we've seen the Pikes Peak and how sporty they've made it? Right. Or is it still not sporty enough? I think you and I are kind of on the fence on that. Yeah, we are. I mean, it's interesting. To to me, the current, you know, I guess the standard Multistrada V4 with a 19-inch front wheel with the cast wheels that you can get it with is a fairly sharp handling motorcycle, yeah. especially for that segment. I think it may yeah. be the, to me, one of the sharper handling bikes in that entire segment. And so if somebody was like, hey man, would you buy this over the Pikes Peak? My question is, what are your uses for it? Are you a hardcore sport bike person? Like, do you need that extra sharp handling? If that's your thing and you still want to have the comfort, then that bike's your answer. But if you're looking for just like, I mean, let's face it, I would say seven or eight out of 10 people that I talk to at the shop who ride are not at the level of an Omer racer, right? Just not even a club racer level. So they're never really going to exploit the motorcycle for its full ability. It's mostly the idea. It's the dream that you're selling of, oh, I have the best handling motorcycle in its segment. But like, to me, having a Multistrada Pikes Peak is akin to getting the best handling SUV out there. It's still not a sport bike. It's a Cayenne. Yeah. Like, and it'll, it'll hustle. It'll embarrass a lot of people if you know what you're doing on there. But like, mostly it's the idea that you can have the comfort and the accessibility to like the speed and everything else that goes along with it. So I, I think it depends on what kind of rider you are. We're getting a lot of people who are now in their like, you know, more mature years and they want to have the sporty ability, but also not want to break their damn backs. And so, you know, in, in my little dream world and you and I've talked about it, it'd be cool if Ducati had done like a street fighter GT, so to speak, but their answer is like, no, nah, this, this is, yeah, it. this yeah. is the answer. We already have this platform. We're just going to put lighter, yeah. smaller wheels on there and, I like that it's got the race mode and it sounds like they've done a lot electronic wise right. to, to make that distinct. Um, 330 millimeter brake discs, style calipers, forged right. aluminum wheels. Like this is a pretty racy bike. Like I was thinking, and this is maybe the goes to what you were saying. Like this is a bike I would totally take to the track. <laughs> I would not take your bike to the track. You're, you're not going to find good, good rubber for no. it. 17-inch wheels. I can put fucking slicks on this if yeah, I wanted to. Whatever the hell you want on that it thing. It uses uh, no different rear tire than the Kramer, but, but close. Um, yeah, I think it's a 190.55. 190.55. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally can put a slick on it and ride an aggressive A-group pace all day long. All day. <laughs> not get tired at all. You know, Marshall and B-group. Like, I could do my whole track day. Yeah. Just do fucking every fucking session. Right. Not get tired haul the beans not feel like i'm giving anything up for it right and be stoked and then ride it home which would be a fantastic way of, of living yeah, it takes life a bike like a street fighter that's essentially like a single use object it's not and street fighter is a lot more uh um, usable than say a panigale yeah. because it's more comfortable and you can maybe commute on it and you know ride it longer distances if you want to but it adds like that much more usability to it and so in my mind then it's like well there's a $3,000 Delta between this Pikes Peak and a Street Fighter S model. But like, you're actually getting more bike for once? Yeah. Well, 
and I think like it's kind of hard because our home track's PIR. I rode the Street Fighter V4 PIR. Right. Not fun. No, it's naked. And, and I, I just saw <laughs> I just saw our friend Troy Siohan riding the Street Fighter V4. I think was it Button Willow or Auto Club Speedway? Yeah, I saw it on his Instagram. It must have been Auto Club because he's like, I was doing 170 and it sucked. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> there is no wind protection. There is no wind protection. And you're holding on for dear life. Whereas multi, yeah, you got a little bit. Uh, yeah. You got a little bit of windscreen there. It's going to help you out. Um, converse that to the multi strata V4. I'm not going to take it to the track, but if I'm going to go on any sort of gravel road, then I'm starting like, oh yeah, like the multi strata V4 for me is you want just one motorcycle. Yeah, you're a one motorcycle person. You got Do other hobbies. All. You just want one bike. Right. That's it. Like that's my new one bike in your garage bike. Mm-hmm. It was a KTM. Now it's a Ducati because that fucking bike is awesome. It's so good. The Pikes Peak bike is like when you start like, well, I kind of want something like that, but I'm never going to go off road because I got a Desert X or I have a dirt bike or I have a Tenere 700 right. or a KTM 7, 890 Adventure. Just just a dedicated blah, 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 blah. machine for the dirt. I just wanted like, this is my like around town, maybe with a wife or the girlfriend on the back, yeah. some luggage, just my luggage bike. You know, I've got other quivers in my, in my pack <laughs> here. Um. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense. It's funny. The more I talk about the bike, the more I'm selling myself in my head about it. Like, good. Like, damn it to hell. I really want a Street Fighter. If I didn't buy a Street Fighter, hashtag Team Man would be like, motherfucker. I've been hearing you talk about this bike since we've met each other. Compromise. What's that? You you wait for a lightly crashed one of these to show up. You wait for a lightly crashed Street Fighter. Put the Street Fighter motor inside it. Make what Ducati should have done. Oh, that would be sick. Multi-fighter. Sick, like the measles. Street Strata? Multi-fighter. Multi-fighter. I like multi-fighter. Multi-fighter sounds better. <laughs> multi-fighter. My multi-pass. Multi-pass. We lose us. Yeah, so um, I love it. I think they hit I hit, They hit a lot of good marks with there. I just was wishing and hoping for that motor, but yeah. still 170 horses is nothing to scuff it at. It doesn't suck. It doesn't suck even it a little suck. bit. Like we're, like we're kind of like, like, like I, I can hear Claudia on the other hand being like, really? Jesus Christ, guys. Really? Really? There's like, no I'm literally giving the most powerful multi-strata pike speak ever and you're still bitching. And let's be honest. I mean, my bike, fourth gear power wheelies are a thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fine. It's it's not the it's not a deal breaker, but it would have been interesting. Um, really hope this is a bike we're gonna go ride. Looking forward to riding this bike. I hope so too. Um, I'm, I'm I, w- I was telling the lady from like because she's like, why are you up so early? I'm like, stupid Ducati and stupid press launch things and stupid hours stupid. and bullshit. But, but I was like, but this is actually a bike I think I might buy. So <laughs> <laughs> you heard we'll it here now, folks. We'll see. No, I mean, you know me. I'm such a cheapskate. Twenty nine okay, grand. You buy that. Twenty nine grand. And then I can I'm get a street fighter. Not we can have a little halfsy. Huh? You really want to go halfsies on a bike with me? No. The thing of it is, I want both those bikes, and I only <laughs> have so much money. <laughs> we need a. Uh, we need like a trust or something. You we know, do. Like people, people like buy. What is it? The thing is, I work at a dealership, so I have access to these damn bikes anytime I want them, but I just want to really just anger somebody and buy one and paint it pink or some shit. <laughs> Can't see it, but I'm shaking my head at you. Come on. <laughs> Honda NT1100, how to turn an Africa Twin into a sport tour. I'm I'm super excited about this. I'd fuck this bike up, man. Is it actually coming to the US? We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Come on, Honda. But it's kind of the same deal where it's like, hey, we took an adventure bike, we put 17-inch wheels on it, Give it a little bit more fairing. I mean, they took an adventure bike and put it in a fucking cruiser chassis and it's doing fine. Yeah. I mean, they, this is exactly what you think it is. This is an Africa twin with slightly different bodywork and 11 or 17 inch wheels. 
That's exactly what this is. Yeah. And it's based on the on the English pricing, the British pricing. I'm kind of predicting around 13k without the DCT, maybe 14k with the DCT. That's a bargoon. That doesn't suck. No. Uh, so basically, same pricing as the Africa Twin, essentially. A little cheaper. Oh, really? Yeah. This, uh, I, I think, again, for people that, it's funny how the trend was all about dirt, 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 and then suddenly they're like, wait, 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 sport, sport touring. touring. Again. Sport touring. People want to be able to go fast in corners, but like be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> that part never changed, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, like this, this hits that same like spot that the Pikes Peak does for me, where it's just like, I just want a bike that's like my go-to all-rounder. Mm-hmm. It's got the panniers. It's got a fun torquey motor. It's going to be fun around town. Like that motor doesn't suck. Um, I actually really love this motor. I do too. It's, a, it's it just has just the right amount of power everywhere. Yeah, it's not it's not too much, not too little. I never get bored on one, and I never find myself looking for more power. I mean, it, yeah, we always would like to have more power. Hello, V four, Multistrada, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, I like this idea. I actually hope it makes it to the U.S. because it, this is just a bike that makes sense. Also, the looks of it don't make me tilt my head. It's a little bland, but it's not so bland that you're going to complain. Like right. it's a very safe design, but it looks it's good. Honda. It looks good. It's a Honda. It's a Honda. It looks good. I can't get upset about it. I no. really hope it comes to the U.S. Um, I haven't heard anything about it, but I think it's a very nice bike. I'm into it, especially in that price range. It's, again, Honda, I love this thing that a lot of these in, you know manufacturers do where they just take that one motor and they see how many applications it can have to it. And again, this 1100 parallel twin motor is such a good engine that they can put it in every style of motorcycle and have it be a successful thing. I think. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I would ride this before I rode that GSX 1000 GT. And it's funny because that inline four is just a more peaky fun motor, but no, totally. I, I feel I, bad for Suzuki a little bit, especially if the pricing comes out the <laughs> way it is. Every time I love that, like a company goes, All right, we're going to take a risk and we're going to do this thing. And then another company goes, Neat. Let me cool. Show you. cool. Sorry. You remember uh, that HP4 on the Superleggera? <laughs> so like, awkward. Oh, geez. Oh, <laughs> man. I wish you had told me. Dang. Because... We totally were working on this yeah. before. So you guys are going to make a carbon superbike, huh? Yeah. So it's not street legal? It's not street legal, huh? Mm-hmm. Really? We're, uh, you know, we made ours. Doesn't it have a warranty? How much are you going to spend on it? It's like 60 grand. Ours is like 60 grand. Oh, it's not shit. street legal, though? Uh, All right. Uh, Good luck. <laughs> geez, why does it look like the what does it look like the street bike, though? Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, did you sell? Though. Did you sell like 18 of them worldwide? Oh, jeez. So you're uh, not doing well? Not, are you okay? We sold like 500 of them. Well, you're mad at us? We sold like 500 before it came out. Oh, geez. So sorry. I'm going to get a call about that. This is what's happening here. This is literally like... Speaking of BMW... Oh, yeah. We got some big bikes? The entire K1600 line just got updated today as well. That was today's second... Well, there's like three pieces of big news today. One of them's sad, but... Well, that was yesterday. Technically, you're right. Um, So... In a nutshell, K1600 is Euro 5 compliant now. They found a little bit more torque. They added some more Lambda sensors. It's got two knock sensors in it now. I mean, basically, they just updated the motor to be Euro 5 compliant. And um, can I, before you go into these bikes, 
on your page yeah. where you have all the nice high quality high res photos. Yeah. The very last picture is the four different models lined up next to each other. Yeah. I don't have a screen wide enough for this picture. Hey, you know what? It's you gotta, so you, gotta much. you gotta talk to BMW about that shit. No, no, no. My point is these bikes are so big, lined up next to each other, four of them is like an 18 wheeler. <laughs> There's just massive. You know what it is? That's actually kind of the same dimensions as the dash, that ten and a quarter inch TFT dash. Because it's it's That's like right. a sixteen to one aspect <laughs> ratio. They were expecting you to look at this on your BMW. Um oh, talk K1600 about sixteen hundred is n- I really want to ride this bike. Which for- one though? Which model? Uh, any give, one of them give me a gtl just because I that would be the most B guy <laughs> i'm the most into the gt or, or the b yep. i like that that baggerish look right. but having had a honda goldwing tour in the garage i would love to see its direct counterpart at bmw do you think they've taken care of the sort of top heavy feel of it so that's that was what your I biggest complaint. Uh, that's my big complaint was just how top heavy that bike felt right and i would love to give it a second try Okay. Because that was a lot of time ago. It was an interesting time when I was on the bike. I'd like to give it a second chance because I love me a Honda Goldwing. Yes, you do. So I would love to see what BMW's latest iteration of its Goldwing Challenger looks like. This is technically a lighter motorcycle it with is. more fuel in it. Considerably lighter with about a gallon and a half more fuel. That's a lot. It's about 50 pounds lighter. That motor, I mean, I've ridden, the only 1600 I've ever ridden was the first generation GT. And it's cheaper. Wow, what? Yeah. What world do we, is this the upside down? Now, now granted, like BMW, like pricing where it's like, oh, it starts at 23 <laughs> grand. You're like, yeah. Wait, does that, does that come with tires? But can you even buy it at 23 grand? Well, you know. Like you immediately go to like build your bike and it's like $25,000. Like how did that happen? I thought you said 23. So I, I'm not saying that's like a bait and switch, but you know, if the FTC got onto it, I'd be like, "Hey guys, <laughs> hey, uh, hey guys." Um, I think these are. I wonder how these bikes are doing in BMW's lineup. I mean, they're not doing Goldwing levels. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, that's you not know, you're close. always trying to embark on somebody else's. Uh, I don't know, mainstream thing that they've done. Like BMW is known for their big adventure touring bikes. And that's the thing that they sell 50,000 units a year, you know, globally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Harley's known for their big baggers and here's BMW trying to make a bagger. And then Goldwing's known for their big sport touring bagger thingy. And BMW is also trying to do that. So I think anytime you're trying to get a piece of the pie, you're just going to get some crumbles, but clearly it's doing well enough that they've redesigned the whole thing and they've, you know, they're going gung ho with it. I have a story somewhere where I break down. Here it is. Crunching the numbers. BMW's sales record sales year. This is 2016. This okay. is not terribly fair because it's five fucking years ago. But five years ago, the K-Bikes were 4% of BMW's sales. 4%. 4%. The R-Bikes were 56 So... You can basically say half of BMW's business is that boxer engine. That's what they're known for. What's the other breakdown then? Uh, At that point in time, uh, the S1000RR was about 16% of sales. That's impressive. The F bikes were 20% of sales. So they're middle, the middle range twins. And then uh, the scooters were about 4% as well. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting BMW has scooters. Yeah. Now, again, five year old data. Five-year-old data. Yeah, and I'm wondering but how I much it's But I doubt it's changed much. I doubt it. You know? 
BMW you go to a BMW dealership, it's the R store with some K bikes. Yeah. And S bikes. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like the K bikes, I'm trying to think how many bikes per year BMW was doing at this point in time. Hold on, let me, let me look at the math here. Uh, that was 135,000. So 4%. Carry the one and the three. You forgot to carry the one, didn't you? Yeah. I, I would say the K bikes. Honda Honda's selling two or three gold wings for every K1600 that's being sold. That's still better than I thought it would be. Three to one isn't bad. Worldwide. It's still not bad. For for a Conquest bike? That's five years ago. No, I don't care. The hope is that they've done better. But have they? But that's like... No. Yeah. It's definitely not giving... I don't think anyone at Honda's like really worried about the K1600. I think that's the most analogous machine. Yeah. But like, I don't think they're really too worried. No, I don't think you're ever, I don't think Harley's worried about Ducati selling a shit ton of XD Ovals either. They don't care. No. Your hope as, as the brand like BMW in this case is that you're hopefully able to turn over a couple of these Honda customers, henceforth the quote unquote conquest name, right? You're hoping that out of a hundred people that are looking at Hondas and BMWs, you can maybe get a one or two extra, get them in your. Well, you know, what's interesting um, like I almost want to lump the BMW R1250 RT into the K bike numbers because, like that bike, it's think about what the what the what the R1250 is yeah. like. Not like the R1100. Like right, that right. bike, that bike, that bike is like me. You know, it just got fatter as time went on. <laughs> you know, like I used to have a six pack. <laughs> You know the R the RT used to be like the true sport tour like that was a light and nimble right. machine that like yeah. you could cut it up on well, the they road. Well, a different sport touring version. And, now then, and then time was not kind to <laughs> it, and it just it just kept getting bigger and bigger as each year Hold went on. I need to look this up because BMW does have and somebody listening right now is yelling at me. What's the RS? Is that the R? Because they have one that's like super sporty looking. It's pretty sporty. That's a sport. That's a capital S sport tour. Right. Where it's like lower, it's just a, it's a more street oriented bike altogether. Yes. It's not a touring bike. It's more of a sport. It's like 525 bike. pounds yeah. off the top of my head. Like that's the bike that is kind of like this, you know, Honda, uh, that we were talking about. So, hmm. Yeah. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is if you're in the market for a gold wing, you're going to look at the K1600 and you might look at an RT as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not crazy. So, so there are four K sixteen hundreds. K sixteen hundred B. There's a B a GTL, a GT, and then the Grand America, which is technically a a, a trim level of the K sixteen hundred B. Yeah, it's just the B with the top case and probably a couple other farkles yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to me that this this giant Cadillac Fleetwood of a motorcycle weighs less than a Honda Goldwing. I wonder yeah. how they did it. Um, what's is this paint job is like a faux marble? What's going on here? It's like a water transfer from like a old photography. It's called what's it called? It's called like Galactic or Milky Way, Midnight something. I don't know. Already then looks good though. It does look kind of interesting. Yeah. It's got the Roland Sand style wheels on it. Yeah. I don't think that's what they are, but it just reminds me of like that. I'm sure Roland was involved. Era of he's, Roland he's Sands got, design. He's, he's got his fingers in some BMW business. He does. I think it's a good looking bike if you're into that sort of thing. I, I just, this is a weird segment for me that's like somewhere between a full on 
American twin bagger cruiser and a sport touring bike. Euro tour. Euro bagger tour. It's funny to call it that though, because I still think the Goldwing is like the standard in that in that segment. I just feel like the segment should just be called the Goldwing segment. No, I think that's actually truthfully very fair because you can't you can't just call it touring. You can't just call it sport touring. You can't just call it grand touring. Like it is it is a category that is defined by the Honda Goldwing. It is. It's a six cylinder. <laughs> I mean, they've so much they've been like, oh, you have a six cylinder? We have a six cylinder. I mean, yours is a flat and ours is an inline, but still, Goldfell, you know. they made a six cylinder. <laughs> what should we do? He's got shaft drive. Okay, we have the shaft drive too. And uh, put the techno beats in it. It'll sound good. <laughs> Does it have some banging office and sound on it? It doesn't have the Marshall sound system like the R eighteen does. It's got something else. They're calling it like audio system two point oh, and you're like cool <laughs> no right sounds, sounds good cool yeah even okay so even when you go on bmw's site they lump the r1250 rt into the same category as basically all this k the k1600 bikes which i think is fair i think it's fair but it's missing four cylinders it's missing four cylinders it's gonna be like what uh, 30 horsepower down but it's probably like 100 pounds lighter I'm just pulling Is pulling shit out of my <laughs> shit out of my nether regions. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. 136 horsepower. So yeah, 36 horsepower, 37 horsepower difference. We we have. Do we still have it? Have or had a K1600B in our shop? Max and it pulls a very specific sort of buyer. That is the thing with the BMW buyer. 615 pounds. It's about 100 pounds lighter. Yeah, air high five. Yeah, air high five. Good job. You yeah. did the thing. Yeah. Um, I know bikes. The, the buyer experience that comes with the BMW is a very unique one. They're very um, detail-oriented. The the customer. The customer. Sure. Uh, to the point, we're playing footsie now? What are we doing here, Kat? <laughs> I saw that. Um, <laughs> um, the person who called us from across the country to look for that motorcycle asked the salesperson if they don't mind measuring the handlebar because apparently there's two different options of handlebar and one is blah, 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 and the other one is blah, blah, blah. And I heard about this and I just was like, there's a reason there are stereotypes in this in this group. <laughs> like BMW riders are a little weird. Every brand has its has its fanatic. It's That's, not just a BMW one. Just where I was gonna go. Like right? who, who doesn't have a joke about a Ducati rider? Please. Who doesn't have a joke about a KTM rider? Listen, we have a cafe in our shop. We know our buyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. There's a reason for that. I want them to come drink at my cafe, not go somewhere else. But how many obnoxious Ducati owners do you know that like slip Italian into their day-to-day -day vernacular? Hey, you know when you want to buy some Parmigiano? Uh, <laughs> Rappy Little Sister is totally guilty of this, by the way. Rappy Little Sister speaks better Italian than most Italians that I know. She's been practicing a lot. She's been practicing, but it's it's like... But her accent's thick. I'm trying to decide what part of Italy she's from. What <laughs> province are you from there, uh, Hannah? Naples. <laughs> Florida. That's, that's Napoli to you. Thank you very much. That's no, Florida, Naples. <laughs> oh, Florida, Naples. <laughs> That's the southwest coast of Florida, yo. <laughs> uh, well, where's just, the boot are you from? Oh, it's not a boot. It's just the ding-dong of America. <laughs> it's the, it's the, the uvula. <laughs> Florida is the uvula of uh, the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Listen, I know you're looking at me, and you're very cute, but you see those paws? They have claws on them, and I don't like that. She's clean. I clean that, that tushy. I clean that tushy today. I'm not worried about her butthole. I'm worried about these sharp razor things at the ends of her feet. Yeah. She's very cute terrified of her 
It feels good when she stops. I want to pet her belly so bad. You totally could right now. It's I don't want no, to. No, you totally could. You Look, could get, she's already like. You could get me. like at least one. Yeah, and then I'll be bleeding. Like, here, I'll, I'm gonna prove it to you. Hold on, I'm not doing this. This is bad radio. Oh god. All right, I'm gonna describe it to you. Jensen's getting off of her, off of his seat. He's coming over to me. There's a cat next to me. Oh. Oh, she purred. Yeah, but you also feed her. Oh, son of a biscuit. Here's the thing with cats, people. I'm not a cat person, so like every time I've seen a cat's belly and I want to pet it, it's got like a gravitational pull. And every time I do it, claws come out. And they're like, no, no, this was for show, not for go. No touchy. <laughs> you just you just got to know how to do it. Just It's the right time, the I, right way. Yeah, set the mood. I think you got to be a cat person to Lights understand it. I, I am ignorant to the ways of the cat. You got to look her in the eye because she's, she's just super floppy right now. Oh, yeah. If she what was I just like on, is she's this relaxed around me though. This is a nice is good sign. If she was on the hardwood floor and doing that, yeah, instant death. <laughs> but because she's on the couch hanging out with you, kind of playing a little footsie, she's like, it's okay. Put your hand on the belly, Shane. Not doing it. Put your hand on the belly. I've got enough pain in my fucking, face. I don't need pain in my left fucking hand. Fucking do it. I dare you. Oh god, I'm gonna die. Oh, a little squeak. I bit the belly. A little squeak. I got a little squeak out of it. Oh my goodness. I can go home now. I'm done. Enough of this. Uh, speaking of things that might get you in trouble, <laughs> KTM 1290 Super Duke R Evo is coming to the USA Ooh, for $19,000. licenses, y'all. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Bike. You ought to be. That thing's a hooligan. I got in trouble for posting the story. Sorry for partying. Both and spies are hard at work. They're doing their thing, man. Doing their thing. Um, had a fun conversation with KTM about it. Wait, who yelled at you for making an exciting news for them? I, I, Someone in Austria was not happy with me. We are not ready. <laughs> They're like, he does the stupid German voices on the show. The little scheisser man. <laughs> that's not, that's not, even, that's not even close to it. They're not even, they're, you're never getting Nutella again. No. <clears throat> Which sucks because um, I like Nutella. That being said, like, you know, we, we talk about the Street Fighter segment. This thing's an animal. I'm a KTM guy. Like, you like to shoot. I, like, you can't throw a rock in this segment and hit a bad bike. I will no. say that right off the top. Like, Whatever bike you're into, you think it looks good, you got a deal on it, yep. boom, that's the bike for you. Yep. I will it, never... There isn't a single bike in this category that sucks. I don't think... I would, no, God, no. And I would never shake my head think. at you if you bought a KTM. It's a great fucking motorcycle. But I think the KTM is my pick. Bang for the buck, it's amazing. I think I think the dollar amount's right, the performance amount is right, and what they're doing here with the R Evo, mm -hmm. they're putting the semi-active suspension on it. That's the big thing. They also put like a quick turn throttle on it, and like it's blue which is weird, but whatever. <laughs> like that for me is like, yeah. Do you have an idea of what the U.S. pricing on this will be? $19,600. Are you sure? I'm positive. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a $5,000 less than a Ducati. That's rad. Super rad. And you're not going to miss it. Like you're going to be like, yeah, I, I, I don't know why you would pay $5,000 more because I'm getting, in my opinion, I think why you're getting the better bike. Why do you think they don't sell as many as they should? I think it's dealer network. I think it's marketing. I think it's, I think it's, it's the same reason I think Harley's going to have a hard time selling a ton of Pan Americas. Mm. You know, like there's a lot of talk about how many bikes, how many Pan Americas Harley has sold. Right. I think we talked about this three or four shows ago. We did. Yeah. We did the math and it was like three bikes a dealership. Basically. Yeah. It's like three bikes a dealership. And you're like, that's still a lot of bikes, but it's not BMW GS levels. Oh, it might rival Ducati with like five times as many dealers as Ducati yeah. has in the U.S., um, 
it's like it's not it's not a flop but i also remember when harley came out with the uh the v-rod and everyone's mm-hmm. like that was a sales bomb and you're like they fucking, the first couple of years it wasn't they fucking sold like 10 15,000 of those every year it's just it's which decline happened like over the several years you know because yeah. there's like there's a life of the the product right even if it even if last year was still like eleven thousand units worldwide but that's the thing in Ducati or in harley land back when that they were selling like three hundred fifty thousand, right, four hundred thousand units a year right eleven thousand units isn't very many no you you will scoff at that yeah and now we're like happy about to me like i i feel like i should see way more of these ktms than any other naked muscle bike out there it, they well one ktm north america kind of kicks themselves in the ass because they're always very reluctant to bring in the newest version of the 1290s. Right. So like, yeah, it comes out in Europe and we're like, cool, that's rad. And then like, it doesn't come here and you're like, okay, I want to go buy something else. And then, yeah, I want to go buy something else. And then like the next model year it shows up and you're like, yeah, but now the Ducati and the Yamaha and the BMW are out. And you're like, yeah, I will, I will say this. I think in the street fighter category, this is right up there for, if the Ducati street fighter didn't exist, this would be up top for me. I, th- I think the Street Fighter does exist, and this is the top for me. You were supposed to say that. But I mean, like, you're throwing a blanket over it. Like, I'm trying to, I, I don't have a Jensen score, but like, let's say, let's say this is like a 110. Uh-huh. Street Fighter is like a 109. Yeah. But anyway, the dollar amount will. Dollar amount for sure has to play a factor in that. Uh-huh. And there's something about the V-Twin, the power band. The, the thing that drives me, I was going to say bonkers. It doesn't drive me bonkers. But the thing that I have reservations about with the Street Fighter V4 is just, it's so much rev range. It it's is. so many revs. Oh, you sit so there much. and you're just like, and it just goes and it fucking goes and it fucking goes. And you're like, I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't need that much workspace. <laughs> you know? It's a 200 plus horsepower naked bike, man. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it just kind of like, eh, it just doesn't need it. I, I would rather have more torque down low. I'd rather have a, a, a smaller rev range, a bigger power band. Like I just, that motor is too super bike for me on a certain level. I think it's, I don't think it's like they've done it wrong, but I go and I ride the twin, twin. Right. and I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. No, the twin is, it's not a twin. I think my only thing with the KTM has ever been that it's just, it's a little, that's going to come out wrong. It's a little too much of a brute, but I love that about it. That's what I kind of like about this guy. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't have, like, I think the Ducati is like a scalpel. This thing's a mallet. This is why I'm excited for the Street Fighter V2. Yes. Because it's going to get that V2 yes. rawness back. Yes. But it'll have that Ducati polish because yes. that's, you want to talk about things that hold KTM back. For a long time, it was the fit and finish, the polish, the feel of their bikes. We're just like, I love the word agricultural. Mm-hmm. It just felt very agricultural. <laughs> it's actually a good word for you it. You know, because you're just like, this fucking switch feels like it came right off a fucking tractor. Like, <laughs> you know, like, what, what the fuck is this shit? And now, the, but now they have the big, beautiful dashes. They have nice switch gear. They, they're, they're, they're figuring it out. They're listening to the podcast. They're figuring it out. They're listening to us, you know. Um, but it's still that, like, you, you asked, like, why aren't they selling bikes? And I was, I was trying to make an analogy to Harley because it's still, like, Harley trying to sell you an adventure bike. Well, it's still like KTM trying to sell you a street bike. Like KTM's a dirt bike brand in the US. Maybe not so in Europe. I mean, it is, but it's different. And I don't think the Austrians have quite wrapped their head around that fact where it's like, it's different here. Right. You know, it's that same idea of like we I think we talked about like sport touring or touring 
in Europe versus touring in America. Very different. Very different. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that same thing where it's like, I don't think they quite understand what their brand means to American customers. And I think the dealer network reflects that. Like I bet pull any KTM dealer. I'm sure they're selling dirt bikes 10 to one versus street bikes. Probably. And I don't know what it's like. It's not a product issue. You have great product. Mm -hmm. You have great street bikes, but it's a brand issue. It's a cultural issue. It's a, you're not doing the work in the market issue. That seems to I be can tell thing. you I've been doing this job for 13 years. <laughs> Never been. Oh, no, take it back. Been to one KTM press one, launch. Yeah, my entire one. <laughs> I would say like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but like the sport bike publication of the United States, if not the world. And I've been to one press launch my entire career. All right. Like you want to know why you're not selling street bikes. I'm not saying that's like, because you're not inviting me, but you obviously don't have the right mindset. Right. You know, you should be inviting me and like, three other or four other publications and, and social media influencers who are probably not in the mix at all. And, and then doing all the market development, you're not doing the ride events. You're not doing the tours. You're not in the racing scene at all. Mm-hmm. Like, which is crazy. Cause they're prominent in, in MotoGP. Like you see their bikes. I haven't seen the numbers, but I would wager Aprilia is selling more Tuanos than KTM is selling super Dukes. I believe it. And like, just step back and think about that for a minute. Well, the Tuono has half a fairing on it, so. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but I mean, like, think about, like, number of dealers. Yeah. All the issues that Aprilia has, yep. the pricing, all these things. Like, like the little guy on the block is kicking your ass. Like, the, like the, the kind of, like, dysfunctional, like, bratty little uh-huh. brand uh-huh. is kind of serving it to you. And Aprilia sells, I don't know how many bikes Aprilia sells worldwide, but. Hundreds. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not, but, like, if. 20 30,000 KTM is literally probably 10 times larger mm-hmm. in terms of volume of bikes sold. And Aprilia is kicking your ass. Like that should tell you something. And look at and look what Aprilia is doing. They do they do track days, they do ride days, every Moto America round there's a track mm-hmm. day right after it. They're 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 putting in the work. Yeah. I mean, I even see that in my in my used bike showroom where I have Tuonos and you know, Super Dukes. And people just are drawn. They know about the the Aprilia. They they they've heard about it. They've seen it. They are excited about it. They want to hear the thing fire up. And then you're like, but yeah, check this thing out too. They're like that's not really on my list. It's like why? That's a fucking. That's a great bike. You should look at that for sure. Bang for bang for a dollar. That that thing is amazing. It's a like you said. They have not become synonymous with the idea of a performance street bike. Yeah, performance dirt bikes all day long, all day long. Which is why I don't understand it to a certain extent. I get that it's hard to go from dirt to street, but like you're making rad bikes. Mm-hmm. You're making these rad dirt bikes that mm-hmm. everyone loves. Everyone fucking buys a KTM dirt bike. I think half the dirt bike sales in the U S are KTM. You can't parlay that into any sort of success on the street side. Like really? So I sit here and I look at KTM. I'm like, I don't know how you fuck this up. You clearly did. Well, I mean, but we've I talked about did. this, though. We've talked about the the lack of language when it comes to representation of a specific model that is slightly different or even wholly different than what you typically sell, right? If you're a Harley dealership and you're used to selling big, fat baggers and suddenly now it's like, hey, check out this lightweight, you know, street option, like a more sporty option, they don't know how to speak that language. And unless they're trained how to speak it, then it's difficult for them to convey that message. Now, as a whole company, if that's not your str- strong suit and you don't know how to have that 
full conversation with your with your sellers who then have to convey the same message to their buyers i don't think it's their culture i really don't think it's their culture at all and i don't i mean like you said you can go to so many ktm dealerships and not get the that sort of experience that i think ktm deserves to have and i think they're starting to change that i'm seeing that a lot in the oem side where they are really going out of their way and trying to push dealerships to adhere to a specific corporate identity so that their products are now being showcased a certain way. Piaggio North America Group is doing that. They have their Motoplex thing, and you're seeing um, Triumph is doing it. They have a very specific look. You go into Ducati dealerships, you have a certain look, and it allows you to have a backdrop to the conversation, to the story you're trying to tell. I would agree with that to a certain extent. I think that's part of it. It's not all of it. It's just part of it. And I think that is part of like why it's hard to be like a, a slave to two masters because right. the KTM dirt bike experience should be different. Like you don't want the KTM dirt bike experience when you're spending 25 grand on the KTM street bike. You know, like that just doesn't, it just doesn't work. You know, that buyer is going to be used to the BMW experience or the Ducati experience or the Triumph experience because they're paying that they're paying Ducati Triumph BMW money. The one thing I thought about, though, as you were talking, and I don't know if this is the reason, but it is certainly something they do over and over and over and over again. KTM fails to capitalize on the moment. Yeah. The RC8 is a great example. Mm -hmm. RC8 concept comes out. It takes us two, three years. The bike finally comes out. Oh, but we're only going to release 50 units. And then it's going to be like three more years before it finally shows up in the U.S. You're like, that bike came five years after you showed it to me. Yeah. I've moved on. And it's been like that over and over again. New KTM 1290 Super Ventures coming out. Oh, wait. You're going to have to wait 18 months in the US. Right. Over and over again. The same thing with like the, the 790s. Oh, we're going to come out with the KTM 790 Adventure. Well, we're only going to make 250 of them for the US. And so it's like they come out with these ride machines. You get us all excited. And then there's no ability for the consumer to follow up and actually buy it while the iron's hot. Make that analogy to Ducati, right? Like we were just speculating. The Pikes Peak Multistrada V4 came out today. Mm -hmm. There's an entirely good chance that I'm riding it in two and a half weeks' time. Mm -hmm. And I'm riding it probably in two and a half weeks' time because in like a month it's probably coming out. I, you haven't said shit, but I bet there's a buying order for you sitting on your desk somewhere that's, that you can get that thing. I've I've got five deposits today. Why well, no? But I like. But I mean, like, I bet you've got a <laughs> delivery time in your head somewhere when that bike's showing up. Yeah, and like that's how a lot of brands work. Where it's mm -hmm. like we're gonna show you the bike, we're gonna tickle you where it counts, and we're gonna get that deposit. And like a month later, it's gonna be in the dealership. We're not gonna make you sit around and wait. Oh, you gotta strike while the iron's hot, man. Come on. You know, like I would love to see sales on the Yamaha Tenere 700, and I'm think that bike's doing okay. But I bet it would have been better if it showed up here on time. Hot, when it was super duper hot. And I think the Scenario 700 saving grace was its price. The price? But okay, but imagine if that bike had come out a year earlier oh. to the U.S. When you didn't have any talk about right. uh, the KTM, when you didn't have any sort of inkling yeah. and about an Aprilia, that would have been, it would have had an entire 12 to 18 months of being the only sub 500 pound middleweight adventure bike on the market. And by the way, price to kill. They would have fucking cleaned house with that. No, the KTM's I mean, they, got that same problem. They, they could. They absolutely 100% could. And and I think that's the problem with KTM. I think you're 100% right about that. It's We're a very fickle group in in the North American 
motorcycle segment buyers. Those people want the thing now. And if and they're it's a very emotional purchase. We've always said it's the most expensive accessory most people buy. And so you want it now when it's exciting. You talked about it. You want to have the hottest, newest, coolest thing, and you want to go out there and enjoy it, especially when a if you're a quote unquote fairweather rider in a you know seasonal area, you want to be able to enjoy it. And if you're gonna wait till God knows when to bring it in there, I'm gonna go find something something else. And I think that's cultural. And I think that's cultural in a defining way between American mm-hmm. and Germanic. Because mm-hmm. we've had listeners from Germany and maybe even Austria talk about like, yeah, no, the buying experience here is I, I see the bike. It comes out at Eichma or Intermont. I go down to my dealer and I say, Hans, I would like to buy that BMW K1600. Mm-hmm. I want this on it. I want this on it. I don't want that. I want this. And Hans goes, okay, Gunther. <laughs> we'll see you in six months when it arrives. Right. And that's how things get done. And they're normal about it. That's, and that's, that's totally and that's, normalized. Like, yeah, that's the, that is the way. <laughs> Whereas here, it's like, Shaheen, hey, man, you got that bike? I want that bike. I want the bike today. You want the bike? Yeah. I'm going to go drive 500 miles because they got the bike going 500 uh-huh. miles away. I'm going to go get that bike. I'm going to pay like $1,000 more, but they got the bike today and you don't have the bike today. So I'm going to go get the bike today. Somebody today, part of their, it was interesting, especially with the way things have been for the last year, year and a half with the supply chain thing, because people are finally getting it. Like shit's not happening immediately. And the first question they asked wasn't how much. Or what color or what options? It was timeline. Hmm. When? This was for the Pikes Peak? No, no, no. Just, just it, another some, bike. Something. It, was a, it was not a standard. It was a Multistrada V4S. Uh, uh, just a standard Multistrada V4S. Yeah. And I mean, that was the first question on their mind. Hey, I know shit's weird. When am I going to expect to get this thing? Because I want to know to like get ready for it. And if I had said, you know, two to three weeks, it would have been like, uh. but I was like, oh, this one? Yeah. This color? Yeah today is like oh shit sign me up <laughs> it's this bike right here yeah, like right now you're looking at it <laughs> and that's the thing you know like we are a culture that is very much defined by now i want the thing now thanks amazon yeah and so and yeah. it's, it's funny i made a comment a couple of days ago and uh i got kind of looked that funny it was like I, I, the one i don't even want to call it a silver lining but it's an interesting to see the effect of this covid and the the you know supply chain issue that everyone's been having globally now is that it is kind of making some people calm down a little bit with the idea of having things right now. But it is also, I'm seeing people get sort of like angry about it as well. There's like this sense of uh, entitlement that says, I'm spending the money. If I'm giving you the money, why the fuck aren't you giving me the thing now? It's like, like, what do you think? I like sitting on your money and not giving you the thing. I want to give it to you. I want to have a good experience. But more often than not, it's I've seen people change to a more patient understanding group. And I'm wondering if that will be a thing here that'll make the buying experience and the buying expectations a little bit different. But as a whole, we're all about now, 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 now. I like your optimism. I'm shaking my head now because uh, I love your optimism. Yeah. I'm like, nah, we're Americans suck. <laughs> you know like when it comes to like when it comes to american consumerism like we kind of we're kind of horrible we're about to shaheen like oh how many days a week how many weeks away is it black friday is about to happen oh yeah you know if if our timeline that i said the show doesn't go as planned as it most likely won't this show's coming out like black friday ish (laughs) so like very appropriate but like like, like, that's america like that's cynical America at its pe- at its peak, where right. it's like I'm going to stand in line for 20 hours so I can get 
one of three televisions that's a hundred dollars off. Family members who look forward to this day. I do not understand Black Friday. Dude, do you know what I want to do? I mean, I work in retail, so I have to go to work, but you know what I'd rather be doing is just Anything staying else? in bed. Getting a root canal. Getting a fuck, don't. Yeah, probably. I would rather fall down the fucking stairs. Like, I don't want to queue up for anything. I don't get no. it. That's what I hate about Portland. Food, food, food in Portland. Oh, no, no. I drive past that shit. No, it's like, oh, there's a line at your restaurant? No. No, 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 no. No, I don't stand in lines no. anymore. There's too much good food. Oh, we here. don't take reservations. Well, well, you don't take my business then. I guess I don't. Because I'm not staying in line. But the thing of it is, we're like, the majority of people are like, oh, I'll wait in line. Totally I'll stay like around for, for hours while I'm hungry. No, not too oh, There's too much good food here to stay in line. I would rather go to McDonald's. Word. <laughs> there's always another option, and that's the, the part of the American cat. Well, I don't even know if it's American. Maybe it's the Western culture of capitalism. There are more options than just a single thing. Sure. Right? If you want to buy a motorcycle, Unless you're diehard for a specific brand, you're probably right. going to go, I can buy something similar for similar price or better or even more somewhere else. Great example. Great example. I love that thought because this KTM, right. this Evo, what, I, what I already screwed up the name, R Evo, Super Duke R Evo. Let's say, well, I'm, I know it's coming to the US. We know it's coming on timeline. Both and Spice have done their work. Right. But let's say this is a hard bike to get a hold of. Let's say I go down to my dealer and like, oh yeah, we didn't actually order any of those because yeah. we don't sell a lot of 1290s right. and you know, like I can order it for you, but it'll, it's going to take like three months to get here because of, you know, supply chain issues and it's got to come from the factory and blah, 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 blah. I've already described that this segment, you can't buy a bad bike in this segment. No. I would probably be like, hmm, that's too bad. I guess I'm going to go buy a Tuono. Or a Street Fighter V4, or an S1000R, or a Jixer R1 somethingness. Any one of you can literally close your eyes and just pick one. And a have Yamaha a good time MT10 with it. is an amazing motorcycle. God, it's so ugly. It's really ugly, but it's an amazing <laughs> motorcycle. Like, like that's one of the things I loved about that bike was like, man, you're fucking up all the Europeans with Japanese pricing. <laughs> and like, you just sit there and just like, I'm probably if there's any sort of issue, yeah. getting that bike that day. I'm probably walking off somewhere else. And I think that's KTM's problem at the end of the day is, is you can never, you've never built that base. That's the thing. I don't know if they have a hardcore enough fan base that's going to be like, nope, I'm not waiting on, for this bike and this bike only. Not on the I'm street not side. I'm saying that person doesn't exist. Not on the street side. But it's just not, it's not a good selling platform to be like, no, no, this is going to be for our hardcore buyers. Like, okay. Here's a fun thing to think about. Think about all the KTM street bikes that are out there. Which, which one do you think is doing the best sales wise right now? Probably the the little Duke, the 890. 890 Adventure. Yeah. Because there's no one else in that space that's nearly as good. Like, yeah, you can get that Yamaha. It's a lot cheaper. Not nearly as many not nearly as many features. <laughs> the KTM really is the money buy. I think next, I'd like to have this conversation next year and see how that KTM is yeah. doing compared to the RS660. Yeah. Well, not the RS, the uh, uh, Touareg. Touareg 660. And then the the Desert X. Desert X. And I imagine and, there's going to be and, other players. And if there's a Honda that comes out. But it's interesting to me that the bikes that KTM is struggling to sell, these 1290s, it's like like the Super Duke. Like I just said, you can, there's there's a bunch of bikes in that market that yeah. you can go buy that are just as good. Yeah. Same thing with the Super Venture. Love me. Love me a Super Venture S. Oh, God, yeah. Love me. But you know what's pretty rad? Multistrada, Multistrada V4, uh, a BMW, R, R1250 GS, uh, an Africa Twin. Um 
again, you just can't go wrong in any of those bikes. Yeah, it's like one of those like like you don't have the thing I want. You're not giving me the experience I want. Right. You have like some sort of bullshit out to deal with. I have to like I have to use your crazy financing plan. That's that's totally bonkers. And it makes me sad because it's such a rad bike. Like if you've ever ridden a, a Super Adventure 1290R, that bike, despite its looks, which I've kind of grown to love, is fucking bonkers rad. It's great. <laughs> but the alternative, well, in negotiating, you call it your Batna. The Batna is super good. Where it's like, oh, I didn't get my KTM. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss it with a Ducati or a BMW or a Triumph no. or a Honda. a Honda in my garage. Right. I'm just not like my. I have great alternatives to buying your motorcycle. And that is, and that that is, we've basically described the American motorcycle buyer to a T. Yeah, we're assholes. I mean, we have choices. We have choices. We've been, we've been, we've been empowered to have entitlement in this yeah. overall segment of motorcycles. It's a buyer's market. Fuck yeah, it is. Fucking a cotton. <laughs> um, I want to get off this topic because I feel like we bit it with a dead horse. KTM can call us if they want consulting. Yeah. Uh, second to last thing I want to talk to you about. This is going to be interesting. Oh, go on. This is going to be a little uncomfortable. Oh. This is going to get you a little excited, Ooh. a little scared. Ooh. Ducati will be the supplier for Moto E starting next season. I know. Six-year contract. I know. Did not see that coming. I'm super excited about it. I am super. I, I'm like, I want. I can't wait to talk to Claudio about there, this. There's that's the thing. There's so many possibilities because of this. That's that's making me go ooh. Like, is this going to be finally where we start seeing some kind of a hybrid superbike? No. You don't think this is going to trickle down? No. So so. Reading, reading, so I got to listen to the press conference, reading in between the lines and knowing the conversations I have with him. I don't see Ducati going the hybrid route. We've, we've just Kawasaki has made very clear that they're considering hybrids, right. They have a working prototype, they're also looking at hydrogen. Very interesting. I we should be talking about Kawasaki, it's a huge story. Yeah, I just didn't have time. <laughs> um, maybe next show, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> but they're they're very much an interesting part of this story. Ducati. You 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 listen to Claudio, and it's very much like we want to start exploring electric superbikes. The battery technology isn't there yet, right? But we think the batteries in like five years from now, and he's you know basically talking solid state at this mm -hmm. point, could be there. So we want to be in racing now, so we can start optimizing like our motor mm -hmm. and our inverter and our software. So when the battery technology is ready, we just. Plop that in there and we're good to go. Do you think our German daddies are helping in the Ducati world? German daddy is definitely helping yeah. Ducati on a certain level. The here. people's car is helping out here a little? Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of a mandate from Volkswagen to electrify. There's obviously a lot of research, you know, in the VW group. And oh, she just got you now. Why? Yeah, because she's an asshole. It's just, just like, just hey, let's put my, Her eyes aren't even open. She's just stretched and put, put every, my claws every right claw in on my skin. Yeah. Welcome Dick. to my life. Um, and so, like, like that's why I was like so surprised, is I did not think Ducati would be the first OEM to really get in the space like this. It's, it's. I'm glad they are, selfishly because I work. <laughs> but I think you know, for better or worse, a brand like Ducati is sort of a halo brand, and a lot of people sort of aspire to own at some point. Mm -hmm. And so to see them doing something like this and trying to get ahead of the curve. Is super exciting for me because it's like, well, does this mean it's going to be that next level shit that Ducati always tries to do with the fit and finish and the exciting shit that they throw at it? Because 
you're you're probably right in the that they won't do anything hybrid but man the idea of them getting into this thing and just sharpening their their knives and their wits to be ready for what's next in the motorcycling world and the street side is just mouthwatering to me it's gonna be really interesting so this project <clears throat> this is gonna be a ducati course of project mm -hmm. over the next six years they're gonna do all the engineering there will be some production involvement in terms of like marketing and styling, mm -hmm. but you get the very clear, like Claudio's kind of saying like, don't expect a production bike until like 2025, oh, yeah. you know, somewhere between 2025 and 2030. Yep. I believe it. And so that kind of makes sense. But I, I personally think you will see their contract expires 2026. I think you'll see in 2025. The rumblings, the inklings, the leaking, the test images, the the spy photos mm -hmm. of a production electric bike. The contract ends. Here's basically what we've been racing now in consumer form. It's a you know 150 horsepower electric superbike that can ride for 20, 30 minutes, and it's going to cost you 40, 50 k. Right. Which is kind of what the Energica Ego Corsa is, except it'll look better. Because I think it's Energica is ugly. Energica grows on me. Yep. There's something like I like the Energica. Like if 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 I had all the tires in the world, I would I would want to ride like a leader bike type bike on the track because why not? And if I did that, I wanted to be electric. Hmm. Be, and and we're blessed being here in Portland. We have a racetrack that has a lot of electrical hookups. Right. But like you can kind of make that work at a racetrack 20 minutes on 40 minutes off right. you charge it up after each session if you can manage the heat you're pretty much good to go you don't need a ton i would still want that bike to be you know like 100 pounds lighter but I we're getting there we're getting there with the technology right and i think that's kind of like where, where ducati could be where it's like yeah we can get you a 450 pound you know, Panigale-esque performance bike with electronics and corn and ABS and all the stuff that the Energica, frankly, doesn't have. Right. And it's going to cost you. It's going to be more expensive than our, our gas bike, but it's an alternative. It's interesting. It at least works in this certain format. And that's why Moto E makes sense, where it's like, hey, we're going, we're only racing six laps, you know? Yeah. And it's some of the best racing on a MotoGP weekend. It is super fun. You know, like, if anyone, if anyone hasn't followed Moto E, Watch the last race of this season because those races are gnarly. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it is amazing. bare knuckle brawl. Yeah. <laughs> if if MotoGP is like title fight boxing, <laughs> Moto E is the bare knuckled MMA. <laughs> like like not like not like MMA now, but like MMA twenty years ago right, when it was right. banned it in was like every blood. state except for two. <laughs> you know, like where people were just getting like fish hooked and. <laughs> I like it. All that nonsense. <laughs> I like it a lot. Oh, man. I'm excited for it. I think it's great big news. I like that Ducati's just been throwing these nuggets out for the last couple of weeks. And that there's more coming. Uh, you know, like, I don't know if this is, I don't know who at the helm is coming up with the idea of uh, every two-week uh, release of some kind of a news. But it's kind of interesting. It's almost like they've they've been watching TV, and it's more interesting when you do a weekly thing as opposed to just putting all your episodes Binging out. Right it. Now. Yeah, I don't want to binge watch this. Like, give me something to look forward to every two weeks. No, the Eichma model is broken. Like, yeah. like, oh, yeah. like I don't understand why a brand. Ducati was actually the first one to kind of start doing this. I don't understand why a brand would want to release four or five new motorcycles when 
during the time frame when every brand is releasing four right. five. Like there's literally when I first started, Icoma was literally like 50 new bikes over two days. It's like, why would you want to do that? Like only three or four bikes got any sort of attention whatsoever. And everything else just fell to the wayside. Whereas like Dukai, like even I had to write a fucking story about the multi-shot of E2. Whereas like on an Icoma weekend, probably wouldn't have covered it. Or it would have been like the thing I did Friday after right. I'd finally like gotten home <laughs> and like de- decompressed. From. It's just so much information at once. Yeah, it would have fallen too far down the triage list. And now I think the brands are starting to figure out, like, hey, if we just, like, throw a YouTube live together, get an email blast out, put something on our website, just be a little technical savvy, we can we can do that. And I had a colleague telling me, he was, like, he was trying to tell me to come out to ICMA this year. He was like, Jensen, you got to come out because it's going to be the last, like, it's going to be the last ICMA. Not in the sense that, like, there won't be an ICMA show right. in 2022. But it's just never going to be the same. I think no. in 2022, you're going to see about half the brands involved that there used to be. I believe it. Because it's just like the ROI just isn't there. We're still going to be like weird about COVID. We've had enough time now where we've done things virtually that like people figured it out like, hey, like it's not that hard to put together a little website, a little YouTube live, a little email, a little social. Right. Just keep things exciting. I mean, the 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 marketing delivery format has changed altogether. It's huge. It's you're 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 reaching so many more people just by a press of a button. We've got a advertiser I'm talking to, and it's like they basically saw their budget was mostly trade shows, uh-huh. and they're like, "Yeah, we're not doing that again." No, it's expensive. We're not doing those. Like, we're literally not doing those anymore. So, this whole like online thing that we thought was a fad, like we're into it now. <laughs> oh, you guys are on board now. Cool, yeah, cool <laughs> podcast. That's not like I've heard, my kids have heard of that. <laughs> It's not. It's like radio, right? <laughs> Just like radio. <laughs> that conversation is real. <laughs> literally, literally, when I started this business, not even like early days. Well, I was gonna say it is early days, but like back when I was younger, year three of asphalt and rubber. I remember talking to a very big motorcycle brand marketing manager, and then being like, literally said to my face, "Internet, huh?" Are you sure that's not a fad? Are you just, yeah, just remember computers were a fad for a minute too, and then every household's got one now, basically. But this isn't this isn't like <laughs> 1996. This is 2011. Like 2011, I had like someone like legitimately being like, online, huh? Like really? Eh. That's gonna be around? Like you think that's a good business? Like I think we're just gonna do Psycho World this year. <laughs> okay. And you're like. Good luck. I guess I'll talk to you in a couple of months. And then the next breath was like, how do you think we can get like newer buyers to buy our bikes? And I was like, not advertising in Psycho World would be probably the first thing I do. Don't get me wrong. Love Psycho World. Grew up on it. 100%. Love the guys over there. But like at that point in time, print was dead. Yeah. Print was dying. It was hemorrhaging. Maybe print will come back someday like the like the way vinyl's coming back. You know, yeah, slowly, for more sure. expensive, yeah. slightly unnecessary, but people Is still like it. coming back, though? <laughs> I, listen, well, hashtag well, T-Man loves spending $30 Here's, on a vinyl that I have to flip halfway through here, the goddamn album. I'll tell you this. Meanwhile, I have Spotify that plays everything on a press of a button in the house. Shaheen, when you go down to the local record store, how many vinyls, LPs, DC on for sale? God damn it, so many. And you're supposed to be like, what record store? Well, there is. No, the, we're in Portland, man. There probably is a record store in Portland. <laughs> there's no, there's like several thing, like, very good there's, ones. There's no Tower Records anymore. There's no like 
big box store where you go and buy your music. Like what, Blockbuster Music doesn't exist anymore. What? That's that. Like what we were, we were joking the other. Uh, oh shoot, our our buddy, our buddy Christian and I were joking. Like there's something Columbia House. <laughs> and I was just like, this feels like a Columbia House. Hold moment. on. I mean, this kind of gives you an idea, right? We, you and I just saw the movie Dune. Yes. With a handful of friends, our dear friend Jonas rented out the theater. Oh, we, I don't know how we didn't talk about this for, the for a of the private show. for a private screening of Dune. I thought that would cost a fortune but the movie theater industry is in such fucking shambles they need so much help that that entire theater costs hundreds of dollars not not like like hundred like 100 like, yeah 200 like dollars two hundreds of dollars <laughs> for an entire theater for us to watch dune together and there was probably like i don't know 15 or 20 of us together to watch this thing so it wasn't like because when i was like dude how much do i owe you he's like nothing i'm like what do you mean nothing he's like ah, it didn't cost that much like, no, but I got to pay you some money. He's like, I don't know, 10 bucks a person. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. G- gave him a 20 and felt fine about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I felt, because after he told me how much it was, I'm like, what the fuck? No, I'm never watching a movie in any other fashion outside of my house ever again like that. Because it's like, yeah, that, 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 but that's a great example. And that was, that's been a long trend coming. Right. Movie theaters have been suffering for a oh, long yeah. time. And that's why Kevin Cameron and his 3D bullshit was supposed to be such a big deal because it was like, that's an experience that you have to get in the theater that you can't get at home. Oh, the IMAX thing? The No, the 3D TV. Oh, nah. 3D, or the 3D glasses thing. Got it, got Avatar. It. Yes, yes, yes. And like that was like, that was going to be the thing that saved. And like, every movie's going to be 3D now because. Oh, super crazy. Like, the, for a hot minute, you could get 3D TVs, but like, that never really took off. Uh, and it turned out, you know what? People don't like 3D movies. I don't care. It's stupid. I fucking hate them. Yeah. The, the, the screen's too dark. Wearing the glasses. I, as someone that wears glasses, I don't want to wear two pairs like of glasses. Porn would probably be a thing. VR. Uh, VR. I, yeah. I was just. Um, I was you know just, about VR porn, Jensen? Tell me more. It's the future for starters. Uh, no, but like, like uh, we're sitting in my living room. I'm looking at my TV right now. It's a fairly old TV. I've had it for, I don't know, less than 10 years, but close to 10. At least as long as I've known you. It's a 1080p. It's nothing special. Does nothing special. It looks great, though. Um. And I get the home theater experience that I need with my my modest Sonos stereo yep. thing. Like I'm doing okay. Yep. And that's why I don't go out to the movie theater because my TV movie experiences. You and I have a very similar setup. I'm, pre- I feel the same as you. Yeah, pretty fucking okay. Mm-hmm. I got a comfy couch. I got a cut of kitty. I got Mountain Dew. What do I need? <laughs> the future though, what will make me get rid of that TV is a VR headset. Oh God, yeah. When when the media is immersive. Right now, a lot of the media is like. You're sitting with a VR headset, and it basically replicates the the theater experience. Where right. you're like, it's equivalent to looking at a sixty foot screen. You're like, well, that's not what I want. I'm gonna be standing in my living room, and I look to the left, and there's Valentina Rossi at the apex, going through it, shoulder down. And I look to the right, and there's Mark Marquez right behind him, and then they're doing the thing, and then they, and they switch over to the chicane. Like, I'm in the middle of the action. That's the future of man media. <laughs> there's gonna be so many people getting. Car sick and that fucking ride you're talking about. Fucking Akon. And you're getting really close to the West World, man. This is how it happens. Well, yeah. And then we get the robot replicants and we TV. kill them in real life. I don't need TV. I have a replicant. And then the singularity happens and the <laughs> robots enslave us. Dun, 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 dun. And before you know it, yeah. Terminator comes out. You know, speaking of which, I think what I'll do for our uh, <laughs> my my buyers at the shop is when the matrix comes out i'll probably rent out that same theater again and have it like because there'll be a ducati fucking matrix edition i guarantee you because i keep seeing the ad with the scrambler in it mm. we'll have like a ducati owners viewing party where we all either ride or drive up to the theater and 
you know, immersive uh, experience. If you can't find 10 friends to go in on it with you, because that's a break even. It's 10 people. 10 people. If you can't find 10 friends, be like, hey, you want to you see like the new Bond movie? <laughs> we'll just, just get like eight other people and we're, we're pretty much good to go. Yeah, the whole theater is yours. I don't know about you. I wasn't wearing a mask. I, I did wear mine. Did you? You're yeah. good. You're a better man than I am. I'm just used to it now in public places. I just got my COVID test back. I'm COVID free. I'm about. Oh, I'm about to booster it next month. Ah, uh, yeah, I booster in. Uh, da, 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 da. I booster right when I come back from Italy. Nice. Yeah. Air high five. Air high five. I'm gonna get my flu yeah. shot too. Woo. Cause fuck it. Why not? Um. I'm gonna end on a sad note because I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna change the note after you say i know what okay. you're gonna talk about and then we're gonna talk about something you, else. you'll finish strong uh yeah. we got to give a shout out to paul smart legendary racer they literally named a motorcycle after him passed away while riding a motorcycle which i don't know specifics but like seems poetic seems poetic if, if i'm gonna go i want to go out on two wheels yep uh, i hope you didn't suffer I, I hope not too um but uh you know, I hope to still be able to ride when I'm 78. Oh, fucking A. To yeah. say the least. Fucking A. Um, famous for winning the Imola 200, which at the time was like Italy's response to the Daytona 200. Right. Podium finisher, uh, the Alaman TT, podium finisher, uh, 250 and 350 classes in Grand Prix back, mm-hmm. in, back in the day. You know, kind of a name that's that's storied in the ducati story that so much so that you know 2000 what was it 2006 they came the, out with a the pulse smart edition sport classic pulse smart edition yeah um Still which was to this day one of the prettiest bikes made yeah you know like an iconic machine people yep. lust over it they're going for like thirty thousand dollars now probably more now yeah yeah no oh geez um so yeah i mean uh i never got to meet paul smart but from everyone that i know that did super likable guy mm-hmm. so um you know lost a lost a good one here yeah that was a that was it's my least favorite part of getting older we start losing our heroes and this one you know wasn't for natural causes it was a motorcycle uh accident that unfortunately took him away from us but like you said uh at the very least he got to do the thing that he loves to the very minute that he lived 78's a good run too that's pretty fun good run for a motorcycle racer <laughs> especially in for a motorcycle that racer. in that right? era especially at like the level he rode yeah <laughs> isle of man tt what's the average i feel like the average <laughs> h for isle of man tt's life expectancy is like 30 <laughs> i hope wherever he is man he's he's up there racing the good ones we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll ride with you in the in the on the flip side um yeah that, that really bummed me out when i heard about it yesterday i'm like come on paul smart yeah he's supposed to outlive all of us um so here's the the I'm flip gonna, it around, make it a happy. Yeah, I want to make it a happy thing. I've like, decided like, make it a time massage. For it's, me. it's been a that's right. Let me, uh, Let me get, put, put, that. get ready for you. Um, <laughs> I think um, in let's see, what's today's the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty eighth. twenty eighth. Had to look it up. So I, I don't know days. Everything just runs it's together. Blur, it's blur day. Every day Saturday. Um, I think I'm gonna hop on my motorcycle and ride it down to L.A. in about a week and a half. Why? Because I just need a little, I need a little windshield time. Okay. It's just, uh, you know, just kind of go ride the thing, adventure a little bit, take my time, take like two days, get down to LA. Okay. And then spend a couple of days with some friends and family. Oh, I mean, my dad and my brother, sister live down your, there. Your family's down there. Yeah, yeah, I got some family there. So do a little bit of that, hang out with some LA peeps, do some motorcycle stuff there, and then ride back home. Looking forward to that. 
It's like your nightmare to ride long distance. Yeah, I'm just Especially it. considering it's a thousand miles from here to LA. Sitting here just going like, why? Like it's a thousand and fourteen miles from my dad's doorsteps to my doorsteps. <laughs> All I did for the last week was travel. So like I just listened to that. I'm like, why? <laughs> and then like in the next yourself? 10 days, I'm gonna start doing that all over again. I'm like, I'm gonna fly to Europe twice in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, points. Woo! Yeah, no, I'm gonna get that Delta Hell status. Yeah, you are. What's up? I thought about that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, what tires you got on that thing? You're gonna tractionators? I do have tractionators. I'm gonna take those off for this trip. I'm like, that's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably I want to try those uh Mission Max 5050s. Those Dunlops. Mm. The quote unquote 5050. Mm-hmm. It's a good tire. Everyone that we've sold a bunch from the shop and everybody comes back going, this fucking thing's good. It's doing the job. It's good tire. Just it's not a 5050 tire. I <laughs> I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it through its paces. See what's up. 50-50. 50-50. Because Navi tires on 170, well, 180 with a full exhaust horsepower motorcycle is sane and okay. I don't know why you're putting that tire. You, you know, for this trip, like literally, like you're going to do 2,000 miles. Yeah, I'm probably just going to put like the Pirellis you, that it comes you, with. You should, yeah. I wouldn't even do that. I would get the Sport Touring tire. I would look at like, oh, like uh, the Michelin Pilot 5 or whatever. Yeah, that, the new Rosso 4. Four could be a fun one to try. Ooh, we could probably they talk, make it in we could probably talk to our friends at Pirelli. They're not sponsoring this episode, but we could probably talk to our friends at Pirelli. Let's talk to them. Um, oh, does that come in a 19 inch front? I don't even know. I don't know. know if it does. I don't know if it does. No, I think the Scorpion is the only one that they make in the 19 inch, um, which is a good tire. There was a Bridgestone I was going to recommend. What was it? AT41? Hmm. S41? I was going to see if Dunlop makes the... A41. The A41. Uh, A41's great tire. I was going to see if Dunlop makes the uh, Mutant and my bike's tire size. Yeah. You want a sport touring tire. Oh, yeah, a sport touring You tire. want a sport touring tire. Fucking not. What are you going to do? What off-road are you going to do? Probably none. None? No. It's why mostly you, curvy roads. Why fuck up a perfectly good Navi tire I'm where gonna. you can get it? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not even going to take the bags of the bike. Just backpack. Really? I'm strapped to the back really? of the bike. Really? I want a lightweight. You're going just, light and fast. Yeah, dude. Light and fast. going to go there. Just take some clothes that I'm going to throw in the back, on the Velomaki bag in the back of the bike. and Really? I would I at least put the bags on. You think so? I would at least put the point. Why not? All right, fine. So, you're going to get the Inout Burger. That's true. And you're going to be like, That's true. I'm going to go inside and get my double-double on. Yeah. I want to stick my helmet in one bag and my jacket in the other. Helmet in the bag and a Multistrada. Wrong way, bro. Does it not fit? Oh, fuck no. Especially not an extra really? large helmet. Really? I have a huge head. We should talk some of this. It's like a melon and a toothpick. If Honda can figure out how to... It's freaking huge. <laughs> <laughs> Honda can figure out how to get two in that top case. Come on. Can they though? We tried. We couldn't. No, but the new, the new, they updated it in uh, 2021. Yeah, that's, right, that's right. They listen to us, don't they? I got it on video that you can do it. That's true. You do. You should post that to something. I'm excited for that. I'll probably take a bunch of pictures and update our listeners on my... Wait, what days are you doing? I'm probably going to leave. Tell, tell me after the show. I don't want to end the show, but like we got we to gotta do some planning. We do. Our schedules. Look at look look, look at this bullshit. This oh is God! My, what is this crap? Your schedule looks this is, like a this is my bullshit. Motor journalist schedule again. Look at my bullshit. Like I'm, I'm just not here. <laughs> like straight up. Like if someone wanted to steal cut a kitty from me, like pff, easy to do. Yeah, you can steal her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. I think we're done here. All right. Well, as usual, we didn't we didn't like do any listener stuff or nothing. Listen, listeners. I appreciate our emails. They're really great. There's a lot of photos I got to go through. There are. There are a lot of really good photos. I appreciate that people listen to the to the rule of three. There's some very nice, high quality pictures coming in. Send me more, please. I will start putting them up. Um, the best way of sending them to me is webraptalk at gmail.com. It'll come to me as an attachment. It's easier to deal with. Yeah. If you send it to me on Instagram, 
a little bit of a shit show. Stranger danger. It's a stranger danger. I'll still see it and I'll be like, high five, nice picture, but I can't do anything with it. Um, but on Instagram, it's uh, Brap Talk, at Brap Talk. Twitter, are you still tweeting? Tweet all the time, man. Oh, man, at We Brap Talk on Twitter. And then um, I already told you what the email is, but I'll say it again. We Brap Talk at gmail.com and uh, on the old Facebook, it's a uh, Brap Talk Motorcycle Podcast. Don't call me. Don't call. Don't call me. That, uh, Jensen likes phone calls and hugs from strangers. I got five phone calls at five o'clock in the morning from like some scammer number oh, i get them all the time like thank god the iphone shuts that shit down yep. but i'm like i'm like watching them come through i'm like what is going on here why are you call who gave don't you my number me. don't call me rude don't call me um yeah so have fun on your travels i feel like bless you before you leave when will i see you again yes we oh. will record right before i leave for nice now. yeah Let's do it do we let me double check that Make it happen. Yes. The day we, yeah, we record right before we I go to Italy. We shall record before we travel so that our listeners can be not thirsty for our sweet, sultry voices. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I have a fist up in the air and I feel like a battle. Okay. Well, you go Braveheart that out and we're just going to end the show you right there. They can take our podcast, but they can never take our freedom. Good talk. See you out there. Make good choices. Fuck the off. Bye. I got weird at the end. I'm ready when you are. Oh, bro, I'm, I'm ready. Just, I was I'm boring. Ready. I got a do. I got the I got the tea flavored water. I got my laptop on mute. I got my phone on mute. I got my mouth pain. You got tea flavored water? Yeah, there was tea in there. I didn't rinse it out. I just put water in it. So it's just more tea, basically. It's just super duper watered down. Just weak tea. How's your <laughs> dirt water? <laughs> <laughs>